0: episode 49. Hey, this is John
1: Schumacher from johnschumacher.com. And if you want to learn to build your business online, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
2: You have the ambition
0: If you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, Beats, headphones, et cetera, et cetera, then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, John Schumacher. John is a webinar specialist and online marketing consultant. His clients have earned hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales using webinars. John is the founder of Marketing Mastery Media LLC and co-founder of Client Mint LLC. Both digital marketing agencies focused on building automated marketing funnels for coaches, consultants, and other agencies. He's also the host of the Webinar Mastery Summit, the largest online webinar conference. John has hosted over 300 webinars in the past four years. He's been featured or mentioned on large publications such as the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Fox News, and the Good Men Project. John, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. Why don't you uh, go ahead and expound a little bit on that intro and tell us more about yourself.
1: Hey, Travis, excited to be here to talk a little bit and share some tips, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah, you did it pretty well. I mean, that's what I do. I've been an all-in in the webinar space and the video space the last three or four years. Like you say, have done a whole lot of webinars, a lot of live ones, a lot more automated ones recently. Um, enjoy helping people share their message. Um, I had a career actually in healthcare before I went into marketing just decided, you know, I got started back in 2012 or so, you know, selling eBooks and creating video courses in that space. And then just decided, you know, I really enjoyed marketing and got all in on that space about that time. So yeah, I really enjoy, you know, like you say, helping people share their message. And right now that focus is using webinars and tools like that to attract more clients.
0: So when you were seven or eight years old john i assume you probably didn't say i want to grow up and do webinars for a living so what did you want to do and what was that transition like how did you figure out like oh i'm actually kind of like this i'm pretty good at it (laughs) well
1: that's a great question yeah when i was a kid you know of course not i mean i was a pretty shy kid i would have never thought i'd be on camera or you know i've done like over a thousand youtube videos and things over the times and all these different types of webinars and things like that i would have never ever in the world thought that i was pretty shy and that kind of thing. So when I was a kid, you know, I really enjoyed. When I was a really little kid, the first thing I wanted to be was a dinosaur. Actually, when I was about four years old, <laughs> and I got actually got in trouble in kindergarten or whatever. When everyone asked us around the circle, "What do you want to be?" Everyone else said, "I want to be a fireman" or you know, a policeman, and and I wanted to be a lizard. So I got sent out of the circle. <laughs> that was the start of the crazy journey
0: that I've been on. Yeah. You got and then put, after that, you got put in the circle with uh, the other uh, kids that couldn't uh, read good. I guess not. <laughs> you know, that was probably me. So,
1: yeah, yeah I mean, I struggled in school and kind of had a little bit too much energy and just I just didn't fit in, in that area. Next, I wanted to be, a, you know, like an athlete. You know, I was an athlete, so I was wanted to be a, you know, at that point probably like a, you know, a basketball player, and things like that when I was really little. But, yeah, and just kind of evolved from there. I was an athlete in most of my life and in you know, college and. And then that's how I got into health and fitness and physical therapy and those type of things. I became a licensed physical therapist in 2007 and worked in that career for a number of years before just ultimately deciding I didn't want to work one-on-one in a service-based business anymore. And that's where I started looking at the online
0: world. So talk to us about that transition. How did you go from you know, you're working your physical therapy practice, and then all of a sudden you want to just switch to doing online business. Like, how did you decide that that was going to be the next step? And then what allowed you to be able to take a step back from what you're doing full time to be able to pursue online marketing?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of a jackrabbit when I first got started. I mean, I didn't, you know, I was in my late twenties. I didn't really have a business background. And so I just, you know, I did network marketing. I did, tried trading the stock markets and Forex markets. I mean, I I jumped into all kinds of different like little areas and kind of dipped my toe in there and had some success in some areas, but really nothing that was going to replace my entire income and do that kind of thing. And so, you know, I was learning a little bit about everything, you know, internet marketing, trading markets. I mean, I was educating myself on this world that really I never knew much about growing up. And so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got started you know, and I started creating an ebook. I remember my first online sale was a $17 ebook. It was like in 2011 or 12 or, you know, something about five years ago. And I remember I was so excited, you know, I got the little buzz on my phone and I got a little PayPal notification and you know, I thought I was going to take over the world, but <laughs> quickly realized, as you know, you need connections, you need, you know, a mailing list, you need an audience to really make something like that work. And I really didn't at the time. So I kind of got me started to down the further roads and further roads where I continued to take courses and learn and consume all kinds of information. When I go in on something, I tend to go all in on it and I focus a lot, I read a lot, I consume a lot. And that's kind of what I started doing on the side. So I was working a full-time job and then I would come home, eat dinner, start reading, start doing things. And I did that for a while actually. And I, even when I had was making some money online, I still kept my job until a coach finally shoved me out, you know, on
0: my own, which I was pretty scared to do at the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How long did it take for you to start making a full-time income that you could actually replace your income with?
1: Well, you know, it probably took me longer than some people could. If I'm coaching somebody, I can get them there quicker, usually if they'll actually execute. But Uh I had no problem executing. I just didn't know what to do, right? Right, Like I was all over the place. I had all kinds of different ideas and this and that, and was dabbling in all kinds of stuff. So from the time I got excited about it till the time I actually quit my job, like almost three years ago now, what got me to quit initially was just that got me to that point was that I finally found something that I could sell and you know, it was decent. So I was, you know, i selling courses on but this time it was new, Google Hangouts. I was one of the first people to start really teaching on that. I had a best-selling book on the topic, a bunch of videos, training courses, even some consulting and stuff like that in the marketing space at that time. Mm. That was enough money. I mean, I wasn't making tons of money. I was making five figures with that a year at that first year, but it still was enough to kind of say, Hey, you know what? You know, this is something I got here. You know, I got something right, here. And right. so I saved up some money. I worked, I continued to work, which sucked. It sucked to like continuing to work and then come home and I would host a webinar in the evening or something like that. That's where I started doing sales webinars and, hmm. and things like that a few years ago. And you know, it sucked though, right? Cause you like have to work all day, you come home, you're tired, you eat, you like do something else. And it was just this grind and it definitely right. was right. tough, but eventually You know, so I saved money, right? I saved up money. That's just me. I want to save up. I actually had a year of expenses before I even quit. And my coach finally said, he's like, John, you're like, because I was having some self doubts and things that come up when you're cutting away a good income. I was like, you know, this was a nice income for me. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to like cut it off completely. And
0: I was pretty nervous. And finally he said, John, he's like, you're good enough. You'll figure it out. Yeah, just do it. Did you have a few people in your life, like personal life, like friends, family members that saw you doing that? And they're like, whoa, 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 John, (laughs) let's take a second look at this. Yeah, somewhat. I mean,
1: not terrible. Like, you know, I talked to my, would share with my dad and he'd be like, well, I don't know. He's like, he's always, he still says that sometimes and he's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> Maybe you should it's go like, a physical
0: therapist again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well, you yeah, know, initially there's some apprehension there because, you know, as you know, the online space changes every day, it seems yeah. like, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's constant change in technology. What was popular a year or two ago certainly isn't today, right? right? And so having some wings and longevity to things is something that's, that's true, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this if you hang your hat on being a Google Hangouts trainer, that's only going to have so much time involved there or something right. like that. Right. Or if you only hang your hat on a specific tactic, that's only going to be in vogue so long, you know, in many mm-hmm. cases. So, so I get that, right? But yeah, there were some people, you know, my mom's always pretty supportive. My dad was more realistic, probably in that case. And he wasn't wrong necessarily. I mean, there is still that, that need to. Reinvent yourself sometimes in this space, but right, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like, Oh, you're what are you doing? You're stupid, you're throwing away your life.
2: Yeah, no, (laughs)
1: and and I keep my license active. Not that I ever really want to go back there, but you know, if I had to, I could.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, cool. Let's go ahead and talk about this idea of building your inner circle. And I know that you have a great circle nowadays, John, and that you've taken the last few years of learning in the online space to be able to do that. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a combination of both,
1: obviously. Like you obviously have to know your craft and study your craft and be obsessed with your craft if you're going to be good at it. So you do need to know things. A step beyond that is people really don't pay you for what you know, they pay you for what you can do for them, right? And so being able to have actionable, implementable systems and frameworks and things like that, of course, knowing, it starts with knowing, but then it's more than knowing, right? And so I think that's a key distinction to make there. But, I mean, ultimately for me, and I'm sure this has been for you and a lot of people, is really people are what up-level you, right? Like if you want to up-level yourself, you want to up-level your health, your wealth, your mindset, your business – It's getting around good people, right? And it's getting around people who are smarter than you, being okay, looking stupid. I think this is some reason why I know for me, sometimes I haven't reached out as much as I should have, Hmm. is because you're afraid of, you know, it always feels good to be the smart kid in the room, right? Right. And I think that holds you back, you know, your willingness to eat shit, to be able to be that person who looks a little stupider, if you want to call it that's going to maybe right, be a harsh right. way to put it, but you know what I'm saying? No,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: in the room really helps up-level you a lot. So it really, in a big way, it's it's a bit of both. I mean, I don't think you can separate one from the other. And of course, like you say, if you really want to up-level fast, meeting the right people. You know, I've had two partnerships. Every time I've, I've partnered with someone, there's been good things and bad things. There's been hard times and good times, but I, I've always up-leveled myself significantly in my knowledge and my confidence
0: in those things with other people right right yeah you'll always rise to the level of who you're hanging out with which is why it's so important to make sure you're auditing that circle constantly i think i first learned that concept when i was a kid and we got a ping pong table and my dad was pretty good at ping pong and i thought i was pretty good until i played my dad and he of course kicked my butt and we're playing back and forth, and we started playing. I don't know, once or twice a week. We'd go out there for you know a night after he'd get off work, and we'd play for an hour or two or whatever. And I started, and I'm kind of like you, John. In fact, like when I start doing something, I really like to do it, you know, and like really get good at it. And so, I probably played with him for about a year, really, when I was like 14 to 15 or so. And then all of a sudden, I won a game. And then it was like, oh, okay, sweet. I'm starting to get better now. And then I would win. And then he would win. And then I would win. And then he would win. But I, it, it's funny because I noticed that I never like actively went and pursued, obviously, another ping pong mentorship <laughs> because it didn't really <laughs> serve a purpose in my life. But I noticed that I never got much better than my dad was. And it's because we were the same level. So we could practice together and we would definitely get better together a little bit at a time. But the jump that I took from being really mediocre to being pretty good was because I was playing with somebody that was way, way, way above the level that I was at. And I first kind of realized that when I was a teenager and and now into business, it definitely has its applications with the people that you hang out with. is just going to they're just going to raise the level of person that you are or they're going to lower the level of person you are, depending on who you hang out with, which is why it's so important to continuously audit that inner circle. John, do you have a a story or a time in your life where you can point back to a connection with somebody, a mentor, a friend, somebody that pointed you in the right direction one time that led to this opportunity, that some some sort of moment of success for you? Is there a story like that you can tell us?
1: That's a tough one. Yeah, there's been so many incidences I'm probably forgetting, but... Yeah. I mean, mentors, I mean, a lot of the time I'll say this, like, I think there's meeting people in person, there's meeting people online. I've done a lot of that online stuff and some in person, but mostly online. Part of the thing that introduced me to so many people was doing interview content like you're doing, right? Like I'm having a podcast Mm -hmm. or I've done online summits where I would interview people and host an event online. And I've met a lot of mentors and friends and connections because of that, right? Because I had a reason to reach out to those people because they were involved in something I was doing, either a podcast or or a summit or things like that. So that has been huge. For example, like the power of meeting people, like a friend of mine or a client of mine now, I met through a friend, right? And it was just a matter of making that connection and you know, we got on the phone and because of the credibility with that person, hmm. you know, we were able to close a significant deal right, because right. of that. So not a great story. I know if we can dig in maybe and I could find one in my brain a little bit more, but the point is, you know, to be collaborating with right, people, Right. interview content, I think is a good way to do that. Like you're doing with the podcast or, you know, I've done with the summits, mm-hmm. I've had a, a podcast and a summit and both of those have brought in a lot of relationships. And then from there you meet people and you meet mentors and, and people who can
0: connect you with other people and things like that. So and I think, yeah. like you said, I think the point there is that, is that this is something that's Sometimes I think some people will hear a story or two and they'll be like, man, I need a story like that. And it's not really about this incredible story of these 23 introductions that you can trace back to some person that you met in an airport randomly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really about that. It's about creating awareness around the fact that networking and constantly growing your inner circle and meeting people should just be a daily discipline. It should just be a habit that's in your life. That's something that you do because you'll never know what connection will lead to another connection. And John, without the connections in your life, like as far as mentors, people that have given you advice through the years that have connected you to influencers or maybe a future client or something without all of that, how far behind in your business do you think you would be? Well, I don't, I would have never gotten
1: to this point. I've mentioned that I've had partners, a couple of different partnerships. You know, my first partner, Michael, he was a really great guy. I would have not had the confidence, I don't think, to get to this point if it wasn't for our partnership. And it was my first time really, like you say, ramping up things as far as making some sales that are, that were making significant income, you know? So I think for me, part of it is the confidence that you get from being around people, And I think that's for me was a big one because, you know, we all have self-doubts and things like that in our head. You know, I grew up kind of a shyer kid and those type of things. It wasn't my natural tendencies to sell or to be salesy or and those type of things. So that part was really big for me, as well as just the growth and, and strategy and mindset and those type of things that I've acquired just from countless connections and talking with brilliant people and, you know, I have access to some of the smartest people in the space and you know, I get to see what's working for them, what's not working for them. You know, I have masterminds, you know, I have like a weekly virtual mastermind where we collaborate with really smart people. And, you know, I think it's a combination for me of a confidence booster and and a, a strategy kind of
0: continual learning process. So with it being that important, with you sitting here with all the success that you've had now in the online space and saying, oh, I would definitely not be where I am today. I would not have the businesses I have. I would not have the knowledge that I have. I wouldn't have made the money that I've made. Why do you think that so many people just neglect to build their inner circle?
1: Yeah, I think a couple reasons. One is not knowing where to focus and the importance of it. Hmm. I think a lot of people get distracted on front end activities like content production and things like that. It depends a little bit on your business model, right? But if you're in like a service-based business or an expert-based business, maybe you're selling consulting, coaching, those type of things, like an expert type business, you know, one good referral partner can make all the difference for you. I mean, we've had a couple of referral partners this year that have really contributed massively to our success and we wouldn't have that without them. So I think part of it is just for a lot of people, like they're not sure completely on the 80, 20 or then filter of things of like where to focus. And they spend all their time blogging and creating content. And not that that stuff's bad. You know, right. there, there should be a system there for visibility getting right. Cause you need to get visible in the market. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is just maybe a lack of understanding of the importance and what it can do. And I think the other one is confidence. I think for a lot of people, they're shy. They don't want to get rejected. You know, they don't feel like they're up to snuff, so to speak. And we all struggle with, um, of, course, of course.
0: So yeah. yeah, I think it's a combination of those two things. For somebody sitting out there going, yes, exactly. That's me. <laughs> like I'm that person. I just don't have the confidence to do it. I kind of know where I should be hanging out. I know who I should be hanging out with. I just don't have the confidence. What would you say to somebody like that? Cause I know that you were talking about how shy you were growing up and all that kind of stuff. And you would never picture yourself doing all these webinars and talking to all these people all the time. How were you able to overcome some of that fear? So I don't know that there's a magic formula for that, but, you know, you
1: have to push into it. I think for me, my biggest motivator, and I've come to kind of shift that a little bit at this point in my life, but my initial motivator, which was so big, it couldn't be stopped, was my own freedom. Like I wanted to leave my job so bad that I was willing to go through pain, (laughs) you know, which is what it is really. It's mental pain of doing videos and meeting people and those type of things. So if you're not naturally that way, which I really, I'm not naturally a people person, I can be, mm-hmm. I think I re, I'm more of an introvert though. I recharge in solitude and I, yeah. I like having enough time to myself and, mm-hmm. but I do like social aspects as well, but you know, under a certain amount, like I don't want to be around people all the time. Yeah. So for me, I think it was a combination of just needing to push past that and really, your motivator has to be big enough and you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Otherwise you'll just stay stuck, you know, like right, the resistance right. as Stephen Presswell says the resistance will stop you and your place from doing your work from growing as a person. And all those
0: things, so I don't really have a magic formula per se. No, that's perfect. I think- that's exactly what I was looking for. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was. am not looking for a magic formula because I don't be able to think that there's a magic formula because there's really not. You just sometimes you just got to get out there and do it. And I like that you brought in the philosophy of. Your why, because if you know your why and why you're doing these things and why you want to get out and meet people and why you want to build a successful business, then I think the fear of not accomplishing your goals will overcome your fear of going up to somebody and shaking their hand if your why is good enough, if it's something that actually motivates you and, and gets you moving. But yeah, go ahead. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to higher, you need Indeed.
1: Yeah. So you basically your dream, your dreams need to be bigger than your fears. Right. And like if your dreams are larger on top than your fears, it's not that you don't have fears. I mean, I still get nervous. I mean, about speaking on stage or meeting people or, you know, I have to kind of ready myself for those kind of things. Because to be honest, I mean, I'm the kind of person I, I have to force myself to do some of that stuff. Sometimes I'm getting better at it. I used to go to more tons of conferences. Now I haven't gone as much. Now I'm trying to say to John, you need to start getting out there with people more and stuff like that. Cause I can kind of tend to just kind of do my own thing, you know, and, yeah. and not worry about whatever else is going on. But, but I know that's not necessarily the smartest thing too. So yeah, I think your dreams just have to be bigger than your fears. And I don't want to get woo woo or too rah rah about that, but yeah, it really comes down to that because you will feel pain. You will be rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, people will, Talked about you, or they will say something you don't like, or you'll mess up and do something you shouldn't have done. You will feel pain from that, but you have to ultimately get up, right? Everybody yeah. gets punched down and knocked down, but you just have to be able to get up quicker. You have to be able to get up quicker and get back focused and keep moving, you know, keep right? Keep going forward as bad as it can be. And it can be painful, real painful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Is there some sort of a way to do that? Do you think that, that all just stems from mindset? from being able to like just getting knocked down so many times to getting back up. Do you think that's just a mindset shift that has to take place?
1: Partly. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think the more you've taken, the stronger you get, like the new person will take one arrow in their back and fall over and not get up. Whereas the person who's just hardened their mind and body to it over time, will take a bunch of arrows and still keep walking. So I think part of it is that part of it is taking care of yourself and making sure you're eating well, you're, you're sleeping, you have energy, because, you know, we all function poorly when our physical hardware, you know, yeah. there's the software and the hardware, right? Your hardware is your body. You know, if you take care of your hardware, your software will perform better, too. So okay. I think it's a combination of, of just experience and getting used to being okay with failures and those yeah. type of things, which it's not that fun. You know, it's not always an easy
0: thing, you no. know, I mean, it's no, not no, an it's easy not. thing. If you want an
1: easy income, go get a job, you right. know, it's like, yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> cause it sucks. Yeah. yeah. That's why I always recommend people just to go knock on doors for a little while, <laughs> regardless oh, of what man. you're out in business, man, just go knock on some doors and then come back into your office and be thankful. <laughs> you know, like it's a great way to experience honestly if you're sitting out there thinking like man, I don't I just don't know if I could have that level of confidence. Wherever you're at in your career, go find some sort of a door to door organization around you that sells something and go try it out for a month just because I think the only thing that will breed that confidence is the consistency to get you to have the experience that John was just talking about. And I think that that's so crucial is the consistency is what's going to breed the confidence. And so the more times you get knocked down, the more desensitized to being knocked down you get, which allows you to get up faster and more often. Yeah. Yeah. I really admire that you did all that. I mean, that's, I don't know that I
1: could have, I guess I could have done that, but like you say, pushed through that, but yeah, that's definitely a scary experience, uh, you know, knocking on doors and selling stuff door to door, it definitely, I'm sure, helped you a lot with being okay, knowing that you'll be okay. Like, if something right. doesn't work, you will be okay. You know, you're not like dead or flawed as a person or a terrible human being. You know, you'll be okay even if everybody tells you no. And a lot of people will along this journey, right? So, right. Yep. so
0: many yeah. people. And something I've been learning recently too is that. A lot of people will say yes and they'll support you verbally, but then when it comes time to like reach into their wallet, they don't, you know, it's like, that's another big blow, you know, where it's like, man, I thought I had all this support. And then it's just like, oh, but nobody's wanting to do this certain thing. And then kind of back to the drawing board. But it, you know, anytime something like that happens, you just got to go back, reevaluate, get back up and keep moving forward.
1: Just put in perspective. I mean, there's been, like you say, people that are like, yes, I'm in. And then they just disappear right Mm -hmm. i mean that's just Mm -hmm. you do your best to try not to allow that to happen but ultimately it's going to be on them it happens and it hurts right i mean i've lost tens of thousands of dollars this year from things just like that that are just like yeah let's do it we're in and then once it comes time to pull out their wallet then they get cold feet or they disappear and Mm -hmm. and and, you know it hurts because you're excited right and you're excited that you've got a customer you're ready to go right and and, you know something falls through so that's just gonna happen to you it's gonna happen in those days that suck but you gotta like you say You got to brush yourself off and get back out there again.
0: Throughout your career, John, how I know we've talked about a little bit with as far as like mentorships, masterminds, as far as like paid mentorships with individual that you want to learn from or paid mastermind group settings. How important have those things been?
1: Yeah. So for me, I have a mastermind that's free that we've all agreed to meet once a week to share. And I really like that. I have not paid for masterminds like $20,000. Masterminds, forty thousand dollar masterminds that are out there. So I can't really speak to those. I mean, I've heard conflicting things on those particular type of things. I mean, obviously you're investing a lot of money. You're getting access to a lot of smart people and those type of things. So I'm I'm sure if you have that kind of income or are willing to spend that kind of money, it could be a good thing. But I would just be careful that and make sure and hopefully they make sure that you're in the right place to benefit from that. As far as one-on-one coaches, yeah, I mean I've definitely worked with a handful of coaches one-on-one who I've paid to work with me on everything from just, and most of it's usually business related. I've found a few different coaches that have different perspectives that have helped me, I think, pull out of some of the standard industry, which has been good too. So yeah, I mean, I think having a one-on-one coach who really likes you and trusts you and you like them and trust them. Can be really really powerful right because just even having somebody to bounce ideas off of right and give you an honest opinion who gives you their undivided attention who you respect who's maybe a few steps ahead of you or have been doing something longer than you is really really helpful so i definitely recommend that i do recommend if, if anything just finding a group of people who are committed to meeting with each other and sharing ideas as far as the paid mastermind version, I just, I don't really, I've never really got involved in that, Okay. but yeah, that's gonna what I've experienced.
0: Yeah. So we talked about a lot of different tools, tactics, tips, whatever you want to call them today, John, let's narrow it down to just one thing, like one tip philosophy, whatever you want to call it about networking, about building relationships, growing your circle. What would that one tip be from you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I could do one,
1: but definitely I think getting involved with other people and collaborating, like you say, like you're doing with your podcasts and things, I think is a really smart way to, if you're going to do content marketing, which we all should do some, I think it's a smart way to do it because you'll not only grow your audience and get in front of other people's audiences, but, but also meet a lot of people. I mean, that's really how I've met most of the people I have. In addition to spending some time, like you said, doing some outreach through Facebook or whatever to meet new people, but it's mostly through things like, you know, interview type content, a few conferences you know, and, those type of things. So as far as the overarching philosophy, I think it needs to have to be, you have to commit to it. Like you cannot do it by yourself. Right. I mean, there's very few people, especially if you're in an expert business or a service business, you will not have everything you need to grow. I mean, you could start by yourself, but ultimately hiring a coach, Getting someone who has some experience to help guide you and focus you like that's a big thing because most breakthroughs are just they're not like one specific tactic. It's like a shift, like a big shift in strategy that usually causes the breakthrough. Like for me, I never thought I would ever do any kind of done for you service. Like I was just against it. I would have never done it. I just wanted to be like this influencer dude who like, Mm, you know, send out emails and sold courses and made a whole bunch of money and kept growing his audience. And, you know, and so I've, I've kind of changed my mindset now and that's been able to cause a significant shift in, in my income this year and
0: where I'm going next year too. So I don't know, that's kind of a long answer, but. So, yeah, so so to make that concise, basically philosophically you have to commit to growing your circle or it's just not going to happen. You have to do it on right. purpose. So philosophically commit to making it happen. More practically, I like your practical tip to start some sort of an interview-based show, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a blog, something to where you have a reason to be able to reach out to people who you want to connect with and actually chat with them, talk with them, mm-hmm. and uh, get to know them a little bit better. So awesome stuff, John. Let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round, which is basically just a few quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? I hope so. <laughs> All right. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: Mm, I like the finance industry. I enjoy personal finance
0: and studying that stuff, so I would say finance. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I would say Benjamin Franklin. I think he's, if you look at his story and and read about him and and watch a documentary, the things this guy did and just the, the courage he had to do all the things that he did in his life would be interesting to hear about. How do you like to
0: learn best books, blogs, podcasts, or videos?
1: Yeah, well, I would say if mostly reading, like I mostly, okay. if I'm really studying something, it'll be in text format. If I'm okay. kind of tired at the end of the day and just want something to kind of glance at, I'll watch a video.
0: And what is one of your favorite books that you've read recently? Oh, geez. Uh, let's see. I'm looking
1: over here at a few of them. I think anything by Jay Abraham is really good. So it's called getting everything you can out of all you've got. J. Abraham I think it's a great book on fundamentals of marketing. I think another one is Perry Marshall's 80-20 book that's really good on not the fluffy kind of flash in the pants stuff that you'll see in your Facebook feed, but really Mm. like core fundamental, like marketing strategy and positioning that can really help people.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: So I wake up. First thing I do is go to the bathroom. (laughs) First thing I do, I usually go to the bathroom. I try not to look at my phone for a while. I come out, I have some water, omega-3s, some probiotics. I usually have a green smoothie in the morning that I've made from the night before or during the weekend. What else? Sometimes a bowl of cereal. Then I'll go out for a brief run. I run for about 15, 20 minutes, come home, shower, have a cup of coffee, start, and I try to read for 30 minutes in the morning, something educational to kind of make sure. But even before I start my day, you know, on my tasks for that day or my meetings for that day that I've at least had time to take care of my hardware, which is my body and then my software, which is my mind. Right. And so at least whatever can happen after that, at least I've done those two little things to make myself or maintain myself or make myself a little bit better. What is your go-to
0: pump up song?
1: (laughs) Gosh, I would probably say, you know, it's an older one, the survivor song, I have the tiger. I grew up, you know, late eighties, early nineties stuff. So Probably something like that would be it. (laughs) What are you not very good at? Oh, geez. A lot of things. I wouldn't say I'm a great handyman. Like if you want me to fix something or, you know, I can do little things, but I'm not a yeah. an over the top handyman with things. I usually have people, I usually pay people to fix stuff or, or if it's something little, I'll try it myself and right. usually cuss a bunch, but sometimes get it done.
0: All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, John, what is one place where we'll find you the most online?
1: Yeah. You can just go over to John Schumacher.com. That's J O N S C H U M A C H E R. John is the best place you can find me You can read some of my content and if you'd like, reach out. And like you say, we focus on mostly at this point, building webinars and client acquisition webinar funnels for coaches, consultants, agencies who want to scale up their business and attract
0: more clients and close more clients on the phone. So head over to johnschumacher.com and find all things John there. I assume, John, your links to like social media and stuff will be on that side as well.
1: Yeah, social media is on there. I think I shared them in the document I sent over with you as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook and I'm mostly on Facebook and I'm trying not to be on it as much. That's usually it. I, I don't really focus on. You know, I have a bunch of LinkedIn followers and stuff, but I'm
0: not really on LinkedIn much. YouTube, mostly YouTube and Facebook are the big ones for me. Perfect. We will put all the links in the show notes. And if you want to just go to one place, head over to johnschumarker.com and you'll be able to find anything and everything you want to know about John. John, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, Travis. This was great